0: Hi, my name is Monique Paul and you're listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast.
1: In this episode, I took a seat and chatted with Monique Paul, an artist of many talents, but above all else, a loud voice in the Black Lives Matter movement. These times are not easy, but let's open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to what we may not know. I'm using my voice, my platform, my privilege in the best way I can. This is Monique. Listen to her. Learn from her. Feel her. Cue that intro in three, two. One. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you. The ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this, together.
2: Hi Monique, it's been a while, how are you doing?
0: I am good, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, you know there's a lot going on in the world right now, if it's not one thing, it's the other. And, uh, it's unsettling at times, but I'm really happy to have you on the podcast and I'm really a fan of what you're, what you're doing right now and, and, and the things that you stand for, because in these hard times, you know, it's, it's easy to lose your footing, but you can't, you really can't. There's no room. There's no room for that.
0: Right. I I really appreciate you saying that. And, uh, I'm very happy to be here.
2: So, just to kick things off, um, let's let the, let's let the listeners know who you are, Monique, who are you and what do you do?
0: All right, well, hi, everybody. My name is Monique Jasmine Paul. Um, I was born in Toronto, grew up in Ottawa, and now I live in Toronto again. Uh, I'm a professional dancer and actress. Um, more so actress now. Uh, I've been in the industry since I graduated, uh, so like 2017. And uh, now, with all of this happening, which is extremely unfortunate, um, I've started something called uh, Before the Hashtag, which you can find at Before the Hashtag. Uh, But that's what what I do.
2: That's amazing. I mean, we've known each other for quite some time now, and (laughs) because we both come from the same um arts world right we're both from ottawa we both uh, moved to toronto you know we pursued dance in different paths but i've been watching you and i've just i've been admiring you seriously
0: oh thank you that i really appreciate that thank you very much and same same to you as well seriously you really keep Like, <laughs>
2: i really really appreciate that um so i guess without further ado let's get things going um i have you on a, on the podcast for a very specific reason and I want you to take it away.
0: All right. Um, so first, I want to talk about something uh, that will probably hit close to home for a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, because it is related to the dance industry and just the entertainment industry in general. And that is uh, the racism in that career. Um, going, going to even down to the stereotypes, Uh, that they perpetuate with certain roles how there always be that the one black friend or the ghetto black girl at school or the loud girl or the girl who doesn't have a good family you know what i mean those roles are always played by a black person right um so i i I really didn't want to start it off with that because i feel like a lot of people are really trying to grasp the idea because they live in communities where they don't see it often it is hard for them to understand so that's one example (laughs) um and even going going into on set like hair and makeup i remember when uh a few jobs i was working on i had to come to set with my own hair done because the um hairdressers there they that's not in their curriculum to learn about black hair it's not in their curriculum.
2: What is the thing with black hair that is so different?
0: Okay, right. So um, black people, for the most part, we have a variety of hair textures from 3A to 4C. Um, There's a lot to learn about our hair, but it's important because uh, mistreatment of our hair can lead to serious damage. Um, We don't just get to throw our hair up in a ponytail. (laughs) There are certain products and, and certain techniques that need to be used to care for our hair. And that goes for boys, girls, however you identify, um, that goes for everybody's uh, hair, if you are a person of color, black person of color, especially. And um, that is just talking about hair. We haven't even gotten to the topic of even makeup. These are necessities that are on set um, that aren't inclusive for the most part. And uh, these are things that need to be addressed. But just for anybody who is wondering um, where, where, these, where these injustices happen, they happen every day in all spaces. And just because they don't affect you doesn't mean they don't affect other people in those spaces.
2: I think it's important to acknowledge that. I mean, specifically speaking about me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, like I can only speak for myself here, but I, I do consider my life to be trapped inside this bubble. And there hasn't been many instances where I felt the need to step outside the bubble, right? Right, and I consider that privilege.
0: Absolutely, and um, you, you definitely nailed that on the head. And and you know what? I it's not it's not a it's not I'm not coming from a place of blaming white people for them having privilege because they were born into the into it the same way that black people were born into uh, this systemically dehumanizing um society in for us right and actually you brought up a really good point of of being in a bubble and um that was actually uh the next point i wanted to talk about which was people growing up in communities that are not diverse or being in predominantly white areas or communities um if if uh, families are not careful, white families are not careful, or non-black people of color are not careful, um, that can really encourage prejudiced behavior, right? Because you're not seeing diversity, you're not seeing um, black people in your space. So you automatically don't think of them at your level, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that might be subconscious, but it's there.
2: And I think that the first thing to do in these circumstances is to acknowledge it. Acknowledge that you are inside this bubble. Acknowledge that you are privileged. Don't just take it for granted because there are people who wish that they could take it for granted.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, like, it, it, you, you, really, you really said it there. We have to address it. Um, I'm actually still seeing posts and comments of people being like, white people don't have privilege. And I'm like, girl, (laughs) like, I can't even believe we still have to address this. Like, have you ever been called a racial slur other than the one that people call white people? You know, like, have you ever been followed in a store unnecessarily? Have you ever been accused of not being able to afford something expensive? Have you ever had someone cross the street to avoid you or clutch clutch their purse, like, when, when you're around? Or step off of an elevator to avoid being with you? Have you ever had the fear of god when you've been stopped by a police or or right. talked to by a police, right?
2: Right. I personally feel the anger and the hurt when I see a comment on Instagram. I I'm, I'm going to give an example here, totally anonymous. Um but I saw that there was a dance studio closed and um they posted about it yesterday and a mom of a dancer at the studio said, um, I don't know why you have to cancel classes today. Um, you guys are teachers, not um, not politicians. Mm. And just the stream of comments in reply to that was, yeah. was, was, was humbling, of course. But just the fact that they even needed to reply to that in the first place, right. what, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I first and foremost need to make the statement that caring about black lives is not a political stance, period. It is not a political stance. It's not a political statement. It has nothing to do with politics to care about black lives and black people. Like it has nothing to do with that at all. So when people are are stating things like that, which is completely, I, I, I can't say I'm shocked, um but it's a reminder that this is exactly why we need to keep with the same energy that that we've been keeping with right yeah um yeah i'm i'm sad to hear that
2: but that's an example that's one example of many 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 that are out there you know she, she doesn't stand alone in that mindset
0: no not at all especially uh with the people right now who are, and if this if this speaks to you, sorry, honey, but if the shoe fits, people who are posting selfies right now, or just random things that have nothing to do with it, it's like, you do recognize that by you being able to care about other things right now, that is privilege.
1: Yes.
0: And very insensitive.
2: Yes. I mean, the whole um, Blackout Tuesday that occurred yesterday, Right. Um, that was more than just you know a trend that was not a trend it wasn't, and I feel like some people fell into that habit because it was it, it was a way to amplify like uh, correct me if I 'm wrong, it was a way to amplify more examples of what's going on, more occurrences, more statements, more everything that has to do with what is going on now it, it,
1: Absolutely.
2: it, it wasn't enough to just to just do that and then continue posting about your life because in times like this. If you could post about your life, it would still look like what is going on right now.
0: Yeah. Ooh, say it again.
2: <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it's just just you know, posting a black square and then posting about you know going to the park or mm-hmm. going online shopping. You know, it's just it's not okay because because
0: there are people there are- dying
2: there are people that can't, there are people that are dying. There are people that, you know, that, that, that want more than that. And I think that Instagram specifically has a good, has a, has good potential Mm -hmm. to be a strong platform in, in, in this stance against um, racism. Definitely. And I think yesterday was, one of the first days that I, I really, really saw it. Because shutting everything else out and mm-hmm. just being able to amplify what matters is right. something that Instagram can now be used for.
0: Right, exactly. And um, I have two points to make to that. First one um, being absolutely you're so right. People who just posted the black squares, it's corny. If you If that's all you did, that's corny, seriously. Um, it comes off as very performative if you are like, I'm muting myself today, but you were mute every other day. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, You're absolutely right. Right Yesterday was to uplift uh, Black Voices. It was so Black Voices had the spotlight um, and that they had the opportunity to be heard on a platform that is right now, for the most part, really trying to um, push the message that Black Lives Matter. So yeah, you're definitely right there. But uh, I do have to say, uh, we have to remember Instagram is not chronological, meaning that uh, the posts, if not deleted now, like we we stood yesterday and that's amazing. Um, But whoever posted a black square, I encourage you to take it down now because since Instagram is not chronological, we will be seeing those black squares um, for days now. And that that uh, internet real estate can be occupied by um, more information uh, than a black square. So I do understand the movement. I I posted it as well, but I think now it definitely, it's time to uh, uh, take it down and and continue sharing um, more information.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Monique, you started this, I'm going to call it a movement. It's called before the hashtag. Right. Um, Can you speak to us a bit about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so first and foremost, uh, it—I was inspired to create this because I feel as though um, it takes—it has to take a tragedy, unfortunately, uh, for people to do the right thing. And uh, I'm tired of that. I'm—I'm I'm really tired of it taking innocent black lives for people to be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot." Black people are still going through uh, going through this. This actually has never ended. Uh, yeah, it, it takes it takes another Black life to do that. And I, I'm praying. I'm really praying that that this right now we don't lose this energy because what has happened in the past is after a couple weeks, people forget. People go back to their lives, and um, that's what before the hashtag is about. Before the hashtag is about amplifying Black voices first of all, always giving them a, a chance and a, and a spotlight and a platform, a space for them to be heard, to be seen the way they want to be seen before there's a hashtag. Because first of all, there, there shouldn't even be a hashtag. But God forbid, you know, at least we get to hear these people. At least, at the very least. Um, I remember learning in school, in like psychology or whatever it was, Uh, that if you ever were to get kidnapped or like something like that, hopefully that never happens, but if you ever do, um, you're supposed to start telling them like little tidbits about yourself. Like my favorite food is pizza and my favorite color is yellow. And, you know, I like the Backstreet Boys, whatever, (laughs) you know, Um, because when you make yourself more human, it, uh, it makes it less likely for people to hurt you. Um, so also that was also a driving force behind people sharing their stories and talking about themselves, their businesses, their careers, um, because if people see black people as more as, uh, as more than the stereotypes that we constantly perpetuate, um, them as or us as, uh, maybe it will, maybe we'll change some minds. Maybe it will change, uh some opinions about what's going on right now. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm doing. But I, I just wanted to say uh, for any people, black people of color who are watching this or not watching listening, I guess, um, please uh, make a video. You can sing, you can dance, rap, recite a speech uh, speak about yourself speak about what's going on in the world and how it makes you feel talk about your business or your career you can even uh, post a send a picture and uh, write a caption and that's perfectly fine too Um, the message is you know you would say hi my name is and this is me before the hashtag so yeah that's that's basically what I'm what we are trying to do right now
2: so you started this. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's been on your mind for for a, quite a long time, but mm-hmm. um, made it public a few days ago.
0: Right, I did. And,
2: and so, what was the what was the last draw? What what really set you in the direction of creating this extra platform?
0: Um, you know what? I personally just didn't feel like I was doing enough. Um, posting on Instagram, and yes, that does help, and for everybody who's doing that, you know, I appreciate you, and that's amazing, uh, signing petitions and donating to bailout funds and the families that have been affected by these horrific tragedies, that it, those are all important things, but I felt as though, I, I don't have the biggest platform, I really don't, but as it grows, I feel a responsibility um, to use it for good, you know? And like, yeah. as we were saying earlier, Instagram, Instagram is, it has the potential. So yeah. the, the last straw for me was, was just that I, I just didn't feel like I was doing enough. And, and I realized this keeps happening, you know, like I remember being in high school and still having these conversations and I'm out of high school and it's been years since I'm out of high school. And I'm still having these conversations and it scares me because in a few years when I have my own kids, am I still going to be having these conversations? Yeah. And, yeah. So,
2: and so that scares you, obviously.
0: Big time, yeah. Uh, I
2: mean, to even have the thought, I mean, this has been going on for years, and I mean, to even have the thought of being afraid that your kids are going to go through the same thing, mm-hmm. it, it's unimaginable.
0: It, yes, it, it is unimaginable.
2: And so using your your new platform, Beyond the Hashtag, what contribution are you trying to have here? What impact are you hoping to create?
0: Right. So um, basically, I, all, all I want, honestly, is for, to have a platform where Black people are heard. That is, that is my goal because it is a form of oppression for Black people to continually see Black people being murdered senselessly senselessly, and being put in prison to rot for absolutely no reason when, you know, white people can, you know, uh, rape people, kill people, and are treated to Burger King and get out of jail in six months. Like, this is a reality. Um, yeah. So I, my own goal is for my people, for Black people, um to be heard and to have a space. Hopefully, um, when once the movement takes off a bit and we are showing these messages of hope and uplifting each other, supporting Black businesses, which is also very, very important, um, hopefully I can even take this to a level of speaking with the mayor and how he is able to um, help and support this movement and maybe even Toronto police even though, you know, not, not yet. We're not going to talk about that yet, but we will. We will get there. Um, and how they are willing to support this movement. So that's that's my really my only goal right now. I just, I I, I understand how it feels to see your people being brutalized on the streets for no reason. Um, it's a modern day lynching and it's not healthy. We're, we're not meant to be witnessing this every single day. And yet here we are. So my goal is to create a hopeful platform um, where Black voices are heard.
2: Hopeful is a very, very good word to use because we can. All, that's that's all we can be right now mm-hmm. is hopeful. Hopeful for change. Hopeful for people to start listening. Hopeful in many, many ways.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: So, um, I, as artists, just primarily we. Um, we draw a lot of inspiration from outside sources, mm-hmm. right? The motivation right. to continue to be an artist, con- to continue to be an actress, dancer, singer, whatever. Um, we, we look up to people. And right. it, this time, do you, aside from personal, like personal inspiration, do you draw any inspiration from people specifically or movement specifically,
0: um, well, I, for, I'm for i going to uh, give a shout out to Amanda Seals and Angela Rye. Um, they are two black women, uh, American black women, who speak about the oppression of black people every single day. It's This is not just uh, this week for them. This is what they have de- devoted and dedicated their lives to doing. Um, so I definitely pull inspiration from them I also just think being a black woman is is a lot to pull inspiration from so if I may I inspire myself there you go yeah
2: and and you inspire me and I know for a fact that you inspire many people out there
0: thank you I I hope so that means a lot
2: so I really appreciate your platform and what you're doing I would like to now move on to something that we mentioned um minutes ago it is toronto police you lit up at the mention of that and i guess i'm wondering why
0: well i believe police reform it it does not work okay if we if we really are going to just be blunt it doesn't work but i believe that we need to defund the police i have another option after but we'll speak about this first so defunding the police we have to realize that black money black tax dollars Okay. also go into paying the police officers. So how are black tax dollars going into a system that is not benefiting us? These Mm. funds need to be redistributed um, to other areas of the community, to the black community, to um, lower income uh, neighborhoods, to education, to extracurriculars. There are so many other things that need this money to our our, um, hospitals we didn't even have well not necessarily us but america didn't even have enough money to provide the doctors who were working the lines of uh coronavirus the proper uh equipment because billions of dollars are going to the police officers for what tear gas Hmm. you're kidding so and and you know what if you're not going to defund them police police um, officers need to that needs to become a licensed profession Lawyers go to school for, what, over 10 years to learn about the law so that they can properly do their job. Now, police officers are to enforce the law, and they get to have many weapons, including a gun, that can end a life if not used properly. There's no proper way to use a gun, but if we're going to speak this way. So how come police officers do not have to go through the same education as a lawyer does? I don't, personally, I don't think that makes any sense. How are you supposed to how are you supposed to enforce law that you don't know? Also, de-escalation techniques, clearly, they're not being taught enough. They are not being taught enough. We also have to realize, and, you know, I'm not apologizing for who this offends, but enforcing law, it takes a certain personality to want to enforce law on people it does that's just the fact so we need to have proper screening we need to have people who are going to interview these people to even allow them to be police officers numerous people need to interview them to see if they're psychologically fit and able to protect and serve the community i also think that police officers need to go through an entire rehabilitation program where they unlearn and relearn New behaviors that are that will help them to even want to protect and serve communities because I don't understand how you go into a line of work where you want to protect and serve communities but you don't like half of the community or you have racial um, prejudice or bias against half of the community. How are you going to protect and serve the entire community if you don't even like half of them? That doesn't mm. make sense to me. So mm. that's what I think about the police.
2: <laughs> mm. uh, is this is this a new found um, thought, or ha- have you been noticing this? Have you been schooling well, it for some you know, time I've,
0: I've um I've had the thought about licensing police officers uh, since I was able to understand that black people are paying for police that are killing them. Um, that that in itself is the saddest irony irony i've 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 ever heard. You know what I mean? Just imagine. Imagine that. Imagine paying for for people to go and kill your family. Like that's basically like what it is. Um, yeah, it's 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 a sad, sad reality. But we have to be blunt. We have to talk about it. We have to be uncomfortable because people are. It's not. It's not a matter of of people just being made to feel bad. It. it people are losing their lives. Right. So yes, the conversation is. Is very uncomfortable it's sad it's hard to talk about for for anybody who cares about human beings in general it is hard to talk about this but it it has to be said and has to be said this way as well
2: absolutely absolutely um, uh, just speaking on that I mean having this conversation with you it's like I'm going to be honest it's not easy it's not mm-hmm. easy to hear you in so much pain right and really, I just, I just want to, to let you know that I hear you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I actually want to uh, now speak, if, if I may, uh, to the non-black people of color uh, right now who, who might not know where they should stand. Um, kind of going into a little bit of a history lesson, Um, In 1965, the United States government put into place a new immigration act that only allowed Asian immigrants into the country if they had very high education levels or they had special skills. And because of that, they were predetermined to be successful. And then when they were, the media painted them as model minorities, as good law-abiding citizens. Right, they were looked at as the opposite of black people, and we have to remember black Americans were not introduced to the society on the base of education. They were brought in as slaves and as property. They were lynched, segregated, forced into ghettos, and arrested for petty drug crimes. And of course, non-black people of color deal deal with racism. That's that's a given. And if you're different than white people, you know you deal with racism. But they were they were never systematically dehumanized the way that um, black people were. And that's why it's very important to um, solely speak about black people at this time, but also for non-black people of color to also speak up for black people at this time. Um, that's something I wanted to say. Uh, so I'm glad I got that out. <laughs> yes, of course.
2: I mean, it can't be easy... Uh not knowing where you stand. I mean personally I I know exactly where I stand, mm-hmm. you know, and I right. know who I stand with. But right. um but 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 to not even to not even have that certainty. Right. I can't even I can't even imagine.
0: Exactly. And and it, it is I I do understand because this issue has been made to be very black and white, which I understand. I definitely understand because it was the white people that took the black people and brought them to this land or America, um, and and did what what they did, right? Um, but now that we all live in a melting pot of a society, we have to understand the levels to um, how and in which this happens.
2: And and what's the first step in doing that?
0: Um, well, there. I, actually, there are uh, there are four dimensions of of racism. So if I could if I could go into that, uh, I can I can explain. Um, there's institutional racism, which are policies and practices that reinforce uh, racist standards within a work, workplace or organization. There's structural racism, uh, which is uh, multiple institutions collectively upholding racist policies and practices. Example is society. There's interpersonal racism, which are racist acts and microaggressions carried out from one person to another. There's internalized racism, which um, are the subtle and overt messages that reinforce negative beliefs and self-hatred in individuals. And in order to dismantle these dimensions, and now this goes for, for everybody, um, we have to look inward, we have to unlearn, and we have to relearn behaviors, um, especially white people, but also non-black people of color. Um, and, and I'm talking about the dinner table conversations about about Black people, you know, like what you say in your home with your family and friends when there are no Black people there to hold you accountable. That is the first step. The first step really is um, looking inwards, and also in your close your closest circle. What what happens in your house? What what do you talk about with your family? You know, even down to the down to what your family's opinion is on you dating a person of color because these are, these are things that, that are talked about in households and those are microaggressions. That's mm-hmm. racist, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that those that's the first step. Unlearning, relearning, looking inwards, reflecting, um, and ch- making sure that we are correcting, holding accountable, and uh, educating our family and friends.
2: And I think that it's not gonna be easy. I mean, unlearning and relearning anything, or even just straight up learning anything, it takes time and this Absolutely. isn't something that's just going to happen overnight and i don't think i don't think that i don't think that's that's a reality but the reality is that it has to start at some point i mm-hmm. mean we're just going to continue on with life right. and might as well be in the right direction
0: exactly exactly that's exactly what it is and i think that um if it helps and this is also a sad thing to say but if it helps, if you're well, if you are a white a white person and you won't say it out loud, but in, inside what you are thinking is, oh, I'm having a really hard time connecting to this. I'm having a hard time connecting to this because I don't relate to this. Um, I would say, okay, so what happens if police officers were just randomly shooting puppies on the street? Okay, you're walking your dog and your dog gets shot randomly or attacked randomly for absolutely no reason. How does that make you feel? Because white people love dogs. I yep. really love dogs. So how does that make you feel? It should make you feel, you should, you should feel at least, at least that energy. And black people aren't dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're human beings as well. But I I really had to bring that point up because especially, we'll, we'll talk about Amy Cooper, the white woman who, who was um, walking her dog in the park unleashed, and it was illegal to walk your dog in that park. Um, without a leash on and she called the police on a black man screaming and crying telling him telling the police that uh, an african-american man is threatening her life and people were more concerned about the dog than what the police would do to that black man when they got there right like
2: and i mean i i don't think that we would e- we would have even been exposed to that if mm-hmm. it wasn't for social media. And that's just another example of how powerful, um, Instagram as a platform can be used for
0: exactly, exactly. And,
2: and that's not the only instance. That's not the only video going viral. That's not the no. only videos aside. That's not the only way that we can learn about this.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And actually just literally, I was a perfect point to just even uh, bring up, uh, before the hashtag again, that is exactly what that is for that's exactly what that is for like because just as you said it, it shouldn't take that to learn about this
2: yes so for before the hashtag um you don't need to be a person of color to participate you don't need to be a successful athlete artist anything you just need to be a human being
0: exactly and i think in terms of um being the posted content um that is is that that is for Black people, but absolutely you do not have to be Black to participate because participating means sharing. Participating yeah. means buying from these businesses. Participating means supporting these Black people because it, sh- it really shouldn't take something tragic happening for us to be, to be helped and, and appreciated in our society. If you look at our everyday lives, so much of what you do is influenced by Black culture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so much of it so i think it is very important to um to see us you know and and i and i appreciate what what you said you don't have to be a star athlete you don't have to be anything you just have to be a human um mm-hmm. you don't have to be a human to care about a human and i really I, I i like that point
2: so if i'm to touch upon social media again i mean it's a very it's a viral it's a viral thing i mean it's only natural that that is brought up a lot in this conversation and in many conversations it's Mm -hmm. a huge platform and I think social media does more than we think I mean reposting spreads awareness and as far as I'm concerned awareness in these circumstances aids in bringing justice where justice is due
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. right
2: does it eliminate the problem at the source no Mm
0: -hmm.
2: right did every does everyone's situation see justice overnight no but through reposting and spreading not only does the problem sorry not only not only reposting just the problem but 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 their names were able yeah. to were able to find those voices because there are people out there amongst the crowd that have powerful voices that have something to say but it's about giving them that platform beyond the hashtag to be able to speak out speak up
0: Mm-hmm. That's egg. you. You said it perfectly, and that is exactly once again. That is exactly what before the hashtag. Um, that's exactly what. It, that's exactly what it means. That's exactly who it's for. Um, you don't need a million followers to make an impact. You know, and if we collectively come together and and uplift and support people whose voice um, needs to be heard, that that is an amazing step. That's an incredible step.
2: Absolutely. Actually, I, I just, I really want to say again, thank you.
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> enjoying this conversation because I haven't, I haven't been able to have this conversation.
0: Right. You know? I'm, ha- I'm happy to have it. I'm, I really am. I, I feel very blessed right now. So I appreciate you.
2: So Monique, I want to give you the mic here. I want you to be able to get everything you have to say out, even if I don't have a way to ask it. So take it away.
0: All right. Um, First, I just wanna say thank you again. Um, But I do want to touch on the protests that are happening right now. I wanna touch on the rioting and the looting that's happening. Um, Obviously, okay, obviously nobody wants riots. Nobody um, Nobody wants looting, but that is what it's come down to right? And it's very, very sad watching people prioritize material things over Black lives, right? Um, You can't tell Black people how to be angry, right? Like, the kneeling didn't work, the chanting doesn't work, the marching, apparently that doesn't work either, because we've been doing that since Selma, right? And we're still having the same conversations. So I just wanted to make that point. Nobody wants these things to happen and when that's your only argument against why you don't support Black Lives Matter um you're not just making an argument against you not liking that's that's clearly not the only reason why you just need um a shelf to lean on for your your racism period yeah <laughs> um the next thing I wanted to talk about is this narrative that's um going around of uh how Canada is Is better right maybe in some senses Canada can be looked at as better but black males in Toronto Toronto right so that's that's where I am that's that's where you are Um, are three times more likely to be carded by the police no matter where they live so your neighbor is three times more likely to be carded by the police than you are black women are four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than a white woman, even at similar levels of income and education. And Black children have been denied education on multiple occasions because of their hair. So no, Canada isn't better. And and I we really we really have to stop um, saying that. We really have to stop because, fine, maybe yeah, it's 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 not as bad here. Racism and injustice in the police force is has nothing to do with Canada, America, Europe. It doesn't matter. It's everywhere. Um, so the next point I want to make is, um, as a white person, I understand as white people. Um, Everybody right now is looking for ways to help, and I know that it's not always the easiest um, to learn how to educate yourselves um, and learn how you can be a help. But I think um, something to remember is that we, every person, was forced to learn about your history, right? And barely about ours. So just be mindful that... um, it's not our responsibility it's not the responsibility of a black person um, to dismantle a system that has oppressed us it's yours and that doesn't lie solely in your hands that lies in every white person's hands because they clearly aren't listening to us and and it's not it's really it is not our responsibility obviously we're here to help it has we're fighting for our lives but it is not solely our responsibility. So right now I'm going to um, list off some things that you can watch on Netflix and some books that you can read. Um, but just just be mindful of ways that you are reaching out to people because at this point, there are more than enough people um, on the internet, Black people on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you name it, that are trying their best to extend the hand to make it easy for you to educate yourselves. But um yeah, just be mindful, because it's it really is not our responsibility. Um, but some some Netflix things that you can watch. Um, some of these might be American Netflix, but if you just get the little, um, you know the blocker thing for Netflix? Um, yeah. Watch these. <laughs> uh, so the first one is Explained, uh, The Racial Wealth Gap. Number two is Time, The Khalif Browder Story. Number three is When They See Us. Number four is Thirteenth, and number five is Who Killed Malcolm X? These are all very, very powerful things to watch to give you a better understanding. Um, And even if you think right now that you understand, please give them a watch anyways because they have a lot of information in them that you probably haven't heard yet, especially Thirteenth. That's about the Thirteenth Amendment, uh, and that's very important to watch, so I really would encourage that. Um, Some books. Uh, White Fragility by Robert D'Angelo, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kennedy, sorry, uh, and Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kennedy, and Kendi, sorry. Um, those are three really, really good books. They have amazing uh, reviews and ratings. So if you're into reading, I would recommend to read those. Thank you. Um, Again, yeah, absolutely no problem. And for any Black people watching this uh, or listening to this right now, uh, I have some Black voices in mental health. Uh, you can find these all on Instagram. Um, the first one is at For the Colored Girls. The second one is at Dr. Andrea Pennington, and the third one is at The Sisters Couch. So uh, these are all really great resources if you are just uh, if you, if you're needing a Black voice in in mental health. Um, So the next point that I am going to make is food for thought. Um, I highly, highly encourage and recommend you to look into these topics uh, on your own time uh, if you're interested in doing so. Basically, the media right now, uh, there's a lot of propaganda going on, a lot of it. We've all seen the, the videos for maybe everybody has, but they're circulating, uh, police officers uh, setting up bricks and, and a big piles of bricks, smashing their own police cars. Um, there's even videos of protesters speaking with media, telling them that they were hired to riot. Um, you don't see that on CNN. You don't see that on whatever news source you watch. They're not talking about that because this is propaganda. Propaganda, um, For the most part, you are not seeing um, Black people looting, destroying. You aren't seeing that. You, you're you seeing white people doing it. And a note for that is, I, I like I just said, we can't tell people how to be angry, but I can't tell a white person how to be angry. Mm-hmm. And destroying Black people's commu- communities and where they live, the bus routes that they need to go on, destroying their businesses, that's not helping. So that's just number one. But the second thing that um, goes along with this is uh, we need to talk about how the police officers right now are covering their badges, blacking out their uh, their numbers um, on their helmets and their uniforms, and turning off their body cameras right now during these protests, which is fundamentally wrong. Those were put in place to protect citizens so we can identify police officers and now we don't even have that um I I hope I I think it was yesterday it might have been the day before an innocent man David McActy he was from Louisville and he owned a barbecue um restaurant uh that police ate for free there he was not protesting he was actually going out to feed the protesters. He was peaceful. He wasn't doing anything. And they murdered him. Yeah. And they left his body on the street for 13 hours. And none of the body cameras of the police officers that murdered him were on. That is an issue. Now, going into. The real meat and potatoes (laughs) of the food (laughs) is um, the brick setups. So um, my boyfriend and I we we did some digging, and we were like, "Who who is allowing this to happen?" And we realized that the um, CEO who had just recently stepped down from this company um, is Bill Gates. Now, food for thought, right? Why do we keep seeing this man's name pop up everywhere? Yeah. He has never been elected for anything. He has bought his way into a position of power and authority. And we need to recognize and realize where his money is. What he's funding. And so you know, Bill Gates's brick company is funding that. He still has shares in it. That's what we
2: thought. I mean, these are just some things that we aren't exposed to. I mean, you really got to do the digging. You really got to dig to mm-hmm. be able to find things like this. And there is so much more out there that we are not exposed to that we don't know. But it is our responsibility. It's my duty
1: mm-hmm.
2: to do that. To be able to to be able to educate others on this. To be mm-hmm. able to. Find
1: out what they're not telling us.
0: Yep. And it, they are not telling us a lot.
1: Hmm. They
0: are not telling us a lot. There is no reason why they were rolling out military tanks months before this. When coronavirus first started, there are videos of tanks being rolled in on on trains. Hundreds of them. Thousands of them. In a lot of states. And yes, even in Canada. Port Hope. Um, and I can't tell you what that's for, but that's very fishy. So once again, food for thought. Food for thought. I also, yeah, I also, um, I, I recommend everybody look into George Soros, the Rockefeller family and the Rothschilds family. Um, yeah, do your own digging on that. But those are some names that you should become familiar with because they're very familiar with everything that um, you you do, your law system, your judicial system, where you buy your clothes, everything. Your so
2: I, I guess just become more aware of yes. what's going on around you. I guess this this takes us back to the beginning of this podcast. Step mm-hmm. out of your bubble.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so,
2: and so Monique, uh, I guess before we wrap things up, um mm-hmm. there... Anything that you would just like to, um, like, an, uh, what, what kind of note would you like to leave off
0: on? Um, education. That doesn't mean that you need to go to school or post-secondary. That that doesn't mean that. That means taking it upon yourselves to learn about the people who are in your community. Um, please shop Black-owned businesses. You can do a simple Google search and find a Black business directory or You can find uh, at blackowned.to. There's a bunch there uh, in Toronto. Um, Yeah, lastly, I'm going to leave it off with uh, where to find my favorite slave escape story. William and Ellen Craft, the slaves that acted their way to freedom, hiding in plain sight. And you can find that on Chris Famy's YouTube channel. Famy is spelled F-A-H-M-Y. Yeah, that's... That's pretty much what I want to leave it off of on uh, education and supporting people in your community.
2: Well, thank you so much, Monique. I really appreciate it. But um, it's a mountain movers tradition that after every episode, we do what I call the mountain minute. Now, that's a rapid fire round of questions to to just kind of get to know the guest on a more positive and um, personal level. So (laughs) without further ado, are you ready for this?
0: Oh, okay. Yes, I'm ready.
2: <laughs> this, 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 is
0: this, is this is the Mountain
2: Let's do this. Three, two, one. Favorite movie?
0: Oh, crap. Tangled. <laughs>
2: <laughs> favorite food?
0: Dark chicken and rice and peas. Mm,
2: favorite song?
0: Ooh, anything by Summer Walker.
2: <laughs> Go-to breakfast?
0: Uh, Smoothie Bowls.
2: Where did you first hear that song?
0: Uh, Spotify.
2: <laughs> so, what is your guilty pleasure song? You know you have one.
0: Um, Hannah Montana. Um, Anything and by Hannah Montana. Also, those little in between clips that when you would watch Hannah Montana, like the. Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, <laughs> all those.
2: <laughs> all right. Favorite day of the week. Wednesday. Least favorite day of the week? Monday. Favorite color? Yellow. What time do you usually go to bed? 11. What time do you usually wake up? 9. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose?
0: A little monkey, like a small one.
2: <laughs> if you could <laughs> change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be?
0: Wait, sorry, repeat that.
2: If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world what would it be?
0: Oh my gosh, Um, eating um, like not breakfast food for breakfast.
2: Mm. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be?
0: Oh my gosh, Zendaya.
2: Ooh, (laughs) if you could have any superpower, what would you choose?
0: Invisibility.
2: Sweet or salty? Salty. Coffee or tea? Tea. Rain or shine? Shine. Day or night? Day. Favorite number? Four. Where do you want to travel?
0: Um, Bali, Indonesia, like every other person on the planet.
2: <laughs> Fill in the blank. This podcast is? Helpful. Thank you. And I guess if we're going to touch upon helpful, just to wrap things up, you don't understand how helpful you have been here.
0: Oh, I'm I'm glad. I really, really hope that um, I could shed some light on uh, maybe some questions people were having. Uh,
2: And I know that you've answered not, not only questions that I've had, but just ongoing thoughts that I've had going on in my head. You've really opened my eyes to what's beyond my bubble.
0: Oh, I'm glad to hear.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Monique. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: No worries. Have a good day.
0: You as well. Bye.
1: Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Mountain Movers podcast. Please check out the resources provided by Monique in the episode details. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always. Jake.